previously on Growing Up Gilmore. So I'm, I'm so excited. excited. I know. <laughs> are you guys excited? Yeah. But just say how excited we are. Again. I know. She's always coming through. <laughs> always pulling through. She's like, for Max us. is such a great guy. It is Max, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather be his whore than your wife. <laughs> I think that we've referenced Titanic more than like the normal <laughs> podcast would. It's season two. We're trying new things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we are growing up Gilmore. This week we are discussing season two episode two hammers and veils elise i'm so excited because this is michael cattleman my like (laughs) new favorite person on the planet and this is like one of the last ones that he does isn't it well actually he does direct two more episodes okay Um, okay nick and nora sid and nancy and the ins and outs of inns Okay. But we he's our director. He's done Cinnamon's Wake, That Damn Donna Reed, Christopher Returns, and The Third Lorelei. Okay. And our writer is Amy Sherman Palladino. Awesome. I am running out of fun facts. So, because <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot about her. She's kind of, She's you know, very private. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool. But I did listen to and watched a YouTube clip of her. And it's pretty recent because they were talking about Marvelous Miss Maisel. Okay. And the new season. And in this YouTube interview clip, she did mention about, they asked her about watching the dailies of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the dailies are basically, if you're making a movie or film or TV show or whatnot, they will give you unedited footage that you can watch. So then you can go forward and maybe correct something okay. if it doesn't look right. Um, she says she doesn't like to watch those dailies um, in general. And she learned that from Gilmore Girls because they would come to her and be like, let's watch the dailies. Don't you want to watch the dailies? And she said she didn't like it because they had such a low budget up on Gilmore Girls that they couldn't do anything about it even if they wanted to. <laughs> so she's like, I just got out of the habit of even wanting to watch that. Yeah. So there, I found a lot of good little, like, fun facts I can bring up about that interview that I thought were kind of cool. Yeah. Not, not a ton Gilmore-related so far. Sure. Um, But just, like, cool things, I think. Yeah, I'd love to learn more about her process, honestly. Yeah, it's awesome because in this youtube footage to this uh interview she looked like alex borstein oh really yeah she was like i'm like they could be sisters basically but at one point she's like super funny you know mm-hmm. obviously but she's like i just like to kick back and open up in the diet coke and drink it and i'm like that's awesome <laughs> i love diet coke too Amy. <laughs> well i think it's fun too that we get to have little interviews like that to see what the process is because I didn't know there were things called dailies where you would like watch it back. And Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, if you have a limited budget, like 
I think watching that would almost be torture for me to be like, okay, well, yeah, we screwed that up, but there's no money left to fix it. Yeah. Like, hey, we saw boom mics like 17 different times in season one. Yeah. It couldn't do anything about it. I know. (laughs) Well, clearly, because there were scenes that we saw boom mics in and that might have just been the best take. And they're like, you know what? No one's going to notice. Well, there's no, there isn't much you can do if you have a limited budget. Right. Right. yeah. But I think the limited budget kind of adds to, like, the realism of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't go over the top with stuff, and that wouldn't have made sense for the trajectory of the show. No. So I think it works well. Yeah. There's little things I found in this interview that I think that Amy said that I can see the influence of how she feels in general about writing a show. Sure. That is very apparent in Gilmore Girls. So yeah. as we go along, that will probably be in my fun facts. I think that that is more obvious in season two as well. Mm-hmm. Like season one, I felt was like, okay, we have to get this show off the ground and running and let's get it established so we can go somewhere with it. And then season two was like, all right, we got renewed. Now let's let's have fun. Mm-hmm. This episode opens with Lorelai coming down the stairs with a newspaper veil and Rory is doing her summer reading. Lorelai comes and asks, you know, what what veil do you think would look best? I was going to go for a Diana, but I think that might be too much. And Rory's like, why don't you go to a, a wedding store or a bridal shop and actually try on real veils? And Lorelai tells her that she doesn't want to do that. And she says it's too much pressure and whatever. She finally admits to Rory that she did go to a wedding shop called Mary Mimi's, which sounds just like not good. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently it's very upscale because Rory said, oh, going with the the luxury brand or whatever. And Lorelai says, basically, if you didn't get a a wedding dress when you were a junior in high school, you're not getting one and you have to buy it off the rack, which is not far from the truth. It does take a long time. And if you're trying to slap together a wedding, it's that's going to be the hardest part, honestly. She says she doesn't want to go in there because she's afraid that people will laugh at her and that she won't find something and it won't look good and people will walk away from me and then Rory starts walking away from her. Mm-hmm. And she says, and, Max won't marry, want to marry me. Yeah. yeah. And basically goes on and on and on about how she's going to look at this wedding. She's like, this is the most important fashion decision of my life. Well, actually, it's probably the most important decision of your life to (laughs) marry someone not so much the dress but okay rory walks away and says we're going wedding dress shopping we're gonna go and and look at things and try things on and figure things out and lorelei's like don't you have homework to do or don't you have reading to do doesn't don't you want to see dean and like keeps trying to put it off and it's like what are you trying to put off here yeah I was excited to go dress shopping. It's and fun. That would probably be the thing you would look forward to the most. Yeah. I would think. I mean, besides marrying the person you right. love. I mean, right. that's kind of nice too, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's just interesting that she seems so defensive over going. Like, she doesn't want she to loves, make it a big deal, but it is a big deal. And she loves shopping. It'd be one thing if Lorelai was like, I'm not into shopping. Right. But she loves it. Like, this is the ultimate shopping trip, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do it. And it's like, how many things need to happen for you to subconsciously, or to consciously realize that your subconscious is telling you, yeah. maybe this isn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the beginning of where, like, if you haven't been able to sense it before, you should be able to start figuring out that this is not for her. This is not a good choice. Yeah. I feel like they're, by the end of this episode, they're kind of slapping you in the face with, like, she should not get married. Mm-hmm. And it's like a double, like, slap back and forth. Yeah. I think what is nice about this scene, though, in general, and they do the they do this a lot in Gilmore Girls, is this opening scene, an opening scene of Gilmore Girls, kind of gently lays out, especially with this episode, mm-hmm. what we're in for for the oh, whole episode. Oh, absolutely. But without nailing it on the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, her having being hesitant of getting a dress, which is seems out of characteristic for Lorelai. Right. We see this expand as the episode goes on. It furthers sort of our what's already been laid out for us gently in right. the beginning. Right. So that's cool. No, I think that's good. I mean, the show does a great job of kind of setting up an episode in the beginning. And whether or not that's what the whole episode is focused on, that's where your mind and your intention for the episode comes from, mm-hmm. is what happens in, like, the opening scene. I think some of them feel, like, very throwaway. Yeah. But I do think that there is always minimal, at least minimal, intention with the opener. Yeah. Of what what are we supposed to be watching for, and... Where are we going to go? Yeah, what's the story arc of this episode? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think as an audience member, we know that we're going to be subjected to wedding episodes or like yeah. wedding planning episodes. But I think the hesitation that she has in this opener sets us up for this is going to be a wedding planning episode. But is she planning a wedding because she wants a wedding or because she wants to marry the person? Or is she planning a wedding that she can escape from? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of where I think this opener takes us. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting choice to start the episode there. Mm-hmm. We are back at Chilton for summer school. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that Chilton has a summer school program. Yeah. Because it's prestigious enough that those children would turn to school for the summer (laughs) instead of taking time off because that doesn't exist. But Madeline, Louise, and Paris are looking at summer volunteer opportunities and ways to, like, fluff up their transcript, basically, And we just have to pause for a moment and talk about Louise's hair. (laughs) It is a really bad wig. Yeah, it's so weird. She wonder what she did to it. I know. Like, she must have dyed it a different color. Yeah. 
And then they were like, mm, this doesn't match, but the wig is bad. Yeah. Um, do we see it again? Or is it just, I wonder if it's in another episode or not. I'm trying to remember. And I I don't know, actually. Because, like in Lauren Graham's new book, she talks about how um, what some people don't know with like movies and TV acting, a lot of times your hair is a wig. Yeah. Just because it's hard to control a hairstyle. Right. Um, and to keep through it all consistent. Day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because of humidity, especially with her, with Lauren Graham's hair, because it's curly. It's not naturally straight. Right. Um, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to keep it straight mm-hmm. when you have natural curl. But this is not like a top line wig. This is this is Party City. <laughs> like, I have that a wig Halloween at home. Halloween special. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten wigs off Amazon that are better than the wig that yes. Louise is wearing. <laughs> I Yeah, it's just bad. And I mean, in all fairness, like, wigs were not, like, what they are today. That's true. So that could be part of it. But also, like you said, they did not have a budget for this show. So I'm sure they were like, somebody just pull a wig and put it on her head so it doesn't look too weird. Because I'm sure only like a week has gone by, if that even. So it's like... Something happened, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's just bad. And they try to save it by putting like little clips in it so it looks cute and it just does not hit the same. But whatever. So they're standing around talking and Madeline tells you know, asks Rory what classes she's taking. And Louise and Paris have to remind her that they are not speaking to Rory. And I love that Madeline just like forgets that and is still kind and sweet to Rory. She's always been nice to Rory. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just shows that some people don't fall into those like norms of mean girls in high school or whatever. But they I mean, decide. she's going to do it if she's going to get... If she has to be forced to, she'll do it, but right. she like, doesn't want to. <laughs> no, because even after they remind her, she's still being nice to her. Yeah. Because they're like... She tells her that there's like a Habitat for Humanity kind of program where you can like help build houses. And it's a really great, surefire way to like fluff up your transcript. And it looks really great on the transcript. And Rory's like, oh yeah, maybe I'll look into it. And Paris says... That she shouldn't and that she'll be there and she doesn't want her there. And Rory's like, oh, maybe I'll like it. And she's like, you won't like it. And then it turns into the two of them walking off and arguing back and forth about it. Which in turn then leads them back to Madeline and Louise. Like they do like this full circle of their conversation where it's like, I don't think you'd like it. Well, I have multiple personalities and I think I'd like it. And she's like, fine, go. I don't care if you go. And Rory's like, are you really going to hold on to the fact that you thought I was dating Tristan and I wasn't for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. And Paris says, well, I have a lot of great commitments or I have great commitment. And I'm like, ooh, girl, she knows how to hold a grudge. (laughs) Can relate to that. But this like dynamic that she creates and then she tells Rory, I'm sorry if you thought this was going to be like a Thelma and Louise friendship, because it's not. And it's really funny in retrospect, because they do become like a Thelma and Louise. Mm -hmm. 
And they do rely on each other for so much later in the season. And it's like they love to hate each other. Well, I think with um, Paris saying that Thelma and Louise comment um, and her being like, sorry, you know, hate to break your dream of being Thelma and Louise. That's actually her dream. Yeah, exactly. She's wanted that with Rory. Yeah. Well, and I think she sees that with Rory. She's like, this is a person who can match me intellectually. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had that before. But... She does things so differently that I, we are not on the same level, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, Paris has that book smart to her, and I think that's great, and she can stand up for herself and everything, but Rory has that to, like, another level. Mm-hmm. Like, she has the book smart, but then she also has a lot of common sense from when, you know, being raised by just her mother. She has better social skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't say common sense because there are things she does where I'm like, oh, a normal person probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But basically it ends with Paris and Madeline Louise storming off with Paris saying, I hate summer and walking away. Henry approaches Rory and gives her gives him Lane's number because he says he's called like 13 times and has hung up. And then finally, the last time Mrs. Kim said she was going to trace the call with the FBI and send them to jail for hanging up or whatever. And Rory's like, no, that's just Mrs. Kim. Like she can't she can't actually do anything. And he's like, I understand. But it was very scary. So I would prefer that Lane call me and left it at that. So now we know that we're going to have Lane and Henry in this episode. Rory and Paris are going to battle it out in this episode. And we still have the looming wedding planning in this episode. You know, I totally forgot about this guy. I did too. (laughs) Because we haven't seen him since season one. I mean, he wasn't at the dance. Yeah. Yeah. When he meets Lane. Right. So it's. Or the party at. Louise's? Madeline's. At Madeline's, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting. Um, And I wonder if part of it was, like, we need to keep giving Lane something to do. Because Rory and Dean are back together, so we don't need Lane quite as much for Rory. Yeah. But we want her to still be, like, present in the episodes. Yeah. Also, just to deep dive into this a little bit... Because sometimes I, I don't want to always brush off like the side characters, yeah, um, their storylines, without deep diving in a little bit, yeah. Why, why would he call thirteen times and be afraid to talk to her mom? Do you know what I mean? Like, because he's what like she, Lane's mom, is Mrs. Like, Kim, would be very happy, right? I think it's just an intimidation factor with mrs kim so it's not like well lane hasn't told her but why hasn't lane told her i don't know you know what i mean i think part of it for lane is like my parents are going to approve of him so i want to enjoy this before they start putting all of their pressure and then i don't like him anymore exactly yeah i think that's probably what it is and i think he is aware of that too 
And maybe Lane even said to him, like, my mom is very protective. It's like a whole thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because they have talked on the phone once. Their relationship's weird. Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, with Lane in high school, any relationship is going to be weird. Because she just, (laughs) she doesn't, she can't have relationships in high school, you know? Like, her parents set everything up for her. So it's like, uh, okay, what kind of relationship can you really have then? Yeah, it's like that total, like, your first boyfriend is basically just on the phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and I don't even, I don't even consider the guy that, I, like, my first boyfriend, I don't even really consider him my first boyfriend. Right, like yeah. I, like, you know, because we just talked on the phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope, I totally, that's, like, my whole first relationship, yeah. too, It's just, like, on the phone. I'm like, I don't even consider him on my list. No. So sad. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like their relationship is on the phone. Mm-hmm. It is. The one phone call they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's more fun for Lane to hide it. Yeah. You know? It's, like, mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> So, yeah, he gives Rory his phone number, and that's where the scene ends. And now we know that she's still going to be at Chilton. She's still going to have involvement with these people. And that kind of sets the tone for her summer because it sounds like she needs to be busy and she needs to be doing things to get ready for Harvard. Mm-hmm. Or the gentleman of Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> all right we are at friday night dinner and rory and lorelei are discussing rory having to build a house and how ridiculous that would be because she can't even change a light bulb in her closet and when they open the door emily says we need to eat fast because your father has a six o'clock flight And she keeps pushing them into the dining room and is like, eat, eat, eat. Come on, sit down and eat. And it's very obvious that Emily does not have anything to say about finding out that Lorelai is getting married and doesn't want to talk about it or even say that she knows about it. When Richard comes down, he asks to speak to Rory and pulls her outside And apologizes for the week before. And Rory says he did call to apologize and that he doesn't need to do it again. And I think it's very sweet that he called and that he's making this moment to like touch base. But I don't think he only needs to apologize to Rory. Mm -hmm. I think he should be apologizing to Dean as well. Oh, yeah. But that's not going to happen. So... (laughs) (laughs) But he is very concerned that things are not okay between him and Rory. And you can tell, like, he wants things to be okay. Because he even says, like, we're we're okay now, right? And Rory's like, we're fine. Don't worry about it. They come back in and he wants to give her something. And then we cut to Lorelai and Emily, who are not having a great conversation. She's bringing up weird references because she doesn't know what else to talk about. And then suddenly she thinks that this is a good moment to bring up the engagement. And well, yeah, Emily's not even responding to anything she's saying. She's just eating. Yeah. And Rory's like, Mom, I have something to tell you. And Emily's like, okay. And she's still eating. You said Rory. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Lorelai. 
<laughs> Lorelai tells Emily that she has something to share with her and Emily's still eating. And finally, she switches the ring from the opposite hand to the other hand, like the proper finger. And she says, Mom, put your fork down. And Emily's like, okay. And she says, well, it's like this. Max and I have been serious for quite a while now. You've been serious for three months. (laughs) And he asked me to marry him and I said yes. And Emily doesn't change her face. And she says, oh, well, that's nice. I sure hope that we're in town. But if we're not, we'll make sure to send a nice gift. And she gets up from the table and walks away and leaves Lorelai at the table. And that's the end of the scene. Well, I also liked to, like, uh, Lorelai goes to Emily, you know Max. And Emily's like, no, I don't. She's like, well, you've heard of him, right? And she's like, I've heard rumblings. Yeah, what the hell is rumblings? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... I I really feel like Emily has this idea that everything is getting better. And she thinks like, oh, we're making great strides. Like, we see them every week. We're really close with Rory, whatever. And then this happens and we backpedal again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard for her because it's like, I... I want my daughter to tell me when she's getting married. Like, mm-hmm. I want that to be exciting news. I almost think they would prefer that Max go over there and ask if he can marry oh, Lorelai. Yeah. You know, that's like I think where so their too. family is. And like, they're traditional. Yes. And my family is not traditional in that sense, but Bryn did go to my mom like the day before mm-hmm. and said, here's the ring. I'm going to ask Amy to marry me. And my mother, in great Lorelai fashion, was like, are you sure? Because she can be a real bitch sometimes. (laughs) And I know some people were like, I'd be so offended if my mom said that. And I was like, then you don't know my mom. (laughs) You don't know my mom. Um, She's the best. Yeah. So it's just funny. And I think they want things to be done traditionally and I think Lorelai does too and it's like why are you ignoring your want and needs of tradition and why are you so afraid to share with your family that you're engaged yeah that's like the second we know why yeah we know why but and it also for me what the big hitch is is that Lorelai wouldn't that she's not thinking it's just so not practical yeah because if i was going to get married to somebody i would definitely be like i want my mom to meet them first yeah and or my dad you know um whatever situation you're in if you have both sets of parents right i would want them to yeah to meet them because that just seems practical Right. Because that's part of you, especially because Emily is in her life actively. Right. Once a week. Even if it's not about her, he's in Rory's life. Yeah. Wouldn't she want to meet somebody that's in Rory's life? Yeah. To this, (laughs) I mean, like to this extent now, because now they are going to be together. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, 
something feels weird about that. Yeah, and I do feel bad for Emily in this situation. I think it really sucks. It was not intentional. Sookie accidentally let the cat out of the bag. Right, and Rory doesn't even, or Lorelai doesn't even know that yet. Um, But still, it sucks because she didn't even think to call her right away. She's been putting it off. That's been established Mm -hmm. that she's been putting off telling her. Yeah. And I feel bad for Emily. I do too. And I, I, I don't know how to phrase this. I don't think Lorelai deserves to be treated that way at the end. But I do wonder if Lorelai should have seen that coming. Like, do you think Emily is... How do I phrase it? Do you think Emily is in the wrong for being upset about this conversation? I am in the middle. Yeah. I like to think that I think that she is being in the wrong. I can put my feet into her shoes, though. Yeah. And I don't know if I would be any better in this situation. No, I honestly would be just as petty as Emily, and I am. I do not have enough pride or to. <laughs> it's hard when it's personal. Yeah. If it was somebody. Like a that's not so close to you. It is close to you, but not as close to you. Right. But when it's family, it feels different. It is really hard to be a grown up in that situation. Yeah. And I do feel bad for Lorelai at the end because then you can see into her eyes why her mom is such a bad guy to her. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's really hard because you want, when you have good news like that, you want people to be genuinely over the moon and excited for you. Mm -hmm. But you also want to be included. If you love someone. You want to be included in those events. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you must not love me then. Mm-hmm. That's how sh- I think Emily is taking it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is how Lorelai is taking it now. Mm-hmm. So because they had this miscommunication, they are now looking at each other like, she doesn't give a shit about me. Yeah. So I'm not going to give a shit about her. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate because this just adds to this list of events in their lives where they have trauma with one another because it's like, Lorelai is has blinders up with her parents already and they're not going down. I mean, look at how they reacted to her getting pregnant. They wanted her to stay. They wanted to help her raise Rory. And Lorelai said, absolutely not. I'm doing this my way or no way at all. Mm-hmm. And she's going to do that for the rest of her life. But I think Emily keeps giving her opportunities to change that and to let them be involved and have a part of their lives, but Lorelai is still so guarded with them that I don't think she's ready to, like, fully give them herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a theme for the show, is Lorelai wants her parents' approval, but she wants it at, by her own standards. And her parents are not going to meet those standards. Yeah, I mean, that's something you 
I think as age happens, mm-hmm. you start to accept. Yeah. Um, what the situation is with family. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to if you don't want it in your life. Yeah. Um, deal with it. But if you, you, you do want to be with your family, mm-hmm. you start to. There's, you have to make there's going to be sacrifice. Ex- that's what I was going to say. You have to learn to live with the sacrifices yep. if you're going to stay on a trajectory with your family. And there are a lot of things we could go into really heavy with this, but let's just keep it Mm -hmm. lighter and say that Lorelai is still making an active choice to be in her parents' life, even if they don't see eye to eye on these things. Mm -hmm. And she does that for Rory. Because if Rory was not in the picture, Lorelai would not be going over there in the first place. And I think it's a good point to say here, like, not to be preachy, but if you are in a situation where you are not vibing with your parents, it is okay to walk away. Mm -hmm. Like, I have walked away from my father's side of the family and my father and it's fine like i think that's why i i resonate so much with lorelei and emily here because i've done that mm-hmm. and like i left an emily and i'm yeah. fine for it because i had a lorelei where like now as my own person I want to be a Lorelai because I know what it's like to have an Emily. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Emily is at the point where she can, like, grasp that. And I don't think they ever are, honest. Mm-hmm. If okay. I'm speaking, you know, for the future. I think they get to a place of understanding, but I don't think they still have healed from everything yet. Mm-hmm. So. And sometimes you don't. Right. And that's Okay. You learn to, you know, live with it or move on from it or whatever. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I can feel it, too. I think I have a lot of Lorelai in me with when that aspect Mm -hmm. of, you know, I don't have a a lot of association with some family. Yeah. I'm very kind of like singular. Like doing your own thing. Yeah. Being independent. Yeah. Some people are very family tied. I think yeah. it's beautiful and magical. I think Lorelai, I don't know. I she wants beauty and magic and she's not finding it right. within this um, support system or what. Right. So that's uh, why I feel like she, call it. she's seeking it elsewhere because yeah. she wants Stars it. Hollow. Yeah. And so... That is her family. She recreates her own family. And I think there's something really magical and powerful in that of its own. Mm-hmm. Like you you can have your own family. Like I call my friends my chosen family. Those are the people that I want to be around that I want. I, I just I think it's important to understand that you don't have to have one family. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything like you can have as many families as you want. They can be as small or as big as you want. And I think this is Lorelai really trying to to find that 
comfort and security in having a family. Mm -hmm. And I think she thinks of her and Rory as a family, but I think she feels like there's still a missing piece there. And that's what she's, you know, constantly looking for. Yeah, I mean, I do think at the end of the day, in her ideal world, she would love to be able to tell Emily. But we can get into that further. Yeah, There's as a it reason goes on. why she doesn't. Yep. That we'll learn, but. Exactly. Yeah. The girls have left Friday night dinner, and Lorelai is stammering on about how stupid she was, how she feels like an idiot for telling her mother that they are getting married. And she's like, how could I be so stupid? My mother doesn't. She's never going to support that. And Rory apologizes and Lorelai says, that's okay. This is what I should have expected. Like, this is... I think it's kind of cool, though, because Rory says... I like how they did this because Rory's 16 years old. There's not a lot of advice she can give. Mm -hmm. But she says, hey, maybe she'll call you and apologize. Well, and I think she's pulling that from yeah. her grandfather calling and apologizing. So that's like her life experience. It's so cute. I know. I think that's really cute. And I do like that they they give Rory this like voice of reason mm-hmm. where it's like, maybe it'll be fine. I mean, this is really big news and it's really special to you. And I think grandma will come around. Yeah. Because they still don't know. That she already knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think Rory giving her grandparents the benefit of the doubt is very sweet and naive a little bit. But also just coming from a place of this is how I support my mother. I give her, you know, based on my life experience of 16 years. I just think there's something very sweet and genuine about Rory collectively giving her mother advice from the 16 years that she's been alive when basically her pool of advice comes from situations with her mother. (laughs) But I do, I feel for, I feel for Mm Lorelai because that would be really hard. And I think Rory recognizes that and maybe part of Rory recognizes that if this was her sharing the news, at Lorelai's age, they would be happy for her. Mm-hmm. Because we do see them happy for her later when she gets a proposal. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's an element of that. but Yeah, I don't know if part of it is she was hoping that she would be excited. Yeah. So it would kind of reinforce the mistake yeah. that she is make, about to make. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I think, too, um, it's an interesting choice that after this happens, their first instinct is going to Luke. Mm-hmm. And as they sit down for dinner, Luke says, you can make my mom feel better, right, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like, that should be telling you something. Like, if this is where you're going to go when something bad happens, she doesn't even call Max. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, people. Wake up. Yeah. You're going to Luke's. Yeah. yeah. And so, you just ate. 
Yeah. I mean, that's not she uh, the said norm that for them. Lorelai didn't eat, but oh, who knows? Okay. I mean, how long did the dinner go on after that? Yeah. You know? But so they sit down to Luke's. They order their cheeseburger, fries, whatever. And um, Luke asks what happened. And Lorelai says, well, I told my parents, I told my mother about the wedding and she wasn't very excited. And Luke goes, yep. And then goes into this amazing grumpy monologue about wedding planning and how it turns into appeasing everyone else and doing everything else that everyone else wants and it doesn't even matter what you want and blah 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 whatever and Lorelai is like flabbergasted almost at him like going off on this rant and he's basically saying weddings are pointless because you start off all in love and then yeah you hate each other at the end he's in like his resentment phase his era yeah his era (laughs) can you tell we have taylor swift on the mind but i think this is like him grieving out loud to them this is all the stuff he's already thought about right right but i think what we're seeing here is his process of grief Mm. and He's going to be crabby about weddings because he doesn't want Lorelai to get married. Mm-hmm. This is all the stuff he's already thought about. It's just he's thought too much about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. I know. So he goes on this like rant. Lorelai totally wanted him to ask because she was being super kind of revealing mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. she went in there. But she kind of plays it off like. He, I don't know. She you know is saying? constantly gauging his reaction to anything having to do with Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. I mean, the going on the date, the toolbox incident, all of this stuff is her gauging his reaction. And she knows. And I think she's just like, can you tell me that you want me, please, so I don't have to do this? And Luke's not going to do that. I think he cares too much about her to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm settled on her wanting him to say something to her or not. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Or is she like, I want him to say something so then I can be done with him. Done with Luke or done with Max? Done with Luke. Oh, I don't know if it's that far. I just feel like she's fighting something Mm -hmm. and i can't quite put my finger on what that is i think at the end of the day she's just very attracted to luke Mm -hmm. like i am and we just (laughs) and it's hard a lot it's a lot to deal with yeah yeah i can i can understand that i guess for me it's just i i want i don't want that you don't want luke no i do I don't, but I want him to be like, shut up, Lorelai. Let's get married. You know, that's <laughs> Let's go what on I a want. Date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that's what I want, but that's not what he's going to do. So, yeah, well, she tells him off the end. She's annoyed. She's like, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. away from me. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't know, but that's where we're at. So let's let's go on because there is a lot more to unpack in this episode. The next scene takes place with Rory getting up and putting on overalls, which I'm like, did Lorelai pick that out for her? Because she's like, if you're going to build a house, you have to look the part. Mm -hmm. So put on overalls. (laughs) Because that sounds like something Lorelai would say. And she's running late. She's buckling her overalls and putting her shoes on. Lorelai pours her this big thermos of coffee. And then she says, I have one more thing for you before you go. And Rory's like, okay, well, I'm running late. Can we do this later? And she's like won't be cool later and she hands her this pink hammer with glitter and feathers and sparkles and I think it has a little crown on top of it and she's like I want you to build the prettiest house I've ever seen and Rory's like do I have to take it and she's like it'll take me 40 minutes to get over it and she's like fine I'll take it as she opens the door Lane comes in with about five boxes worth the memorabilia for her life All of her CDs, her movies, her books, one lipstick, some sweaters. I don't know. But she says, I need you to take care of this stuff while I'm gone because my parents bought me a winter coat and I don't know when I'll be back. And she gives her a file folder filled with Korean phonetically spelled phrases, a picture, a map of where she's living, all of this information. And she's like, I will take care of all of this as if it were my own. And she says she's leaving right after the engagement party tonight. That is a surprise engagement party. As Rory is leaving, now we get to see Dean. And he's like, I wanted to spend time with you today. She says, I have to do this thing. It's for charity. And he goes, well, don't go to it. Spend time with me. I'll watch you browse books for six hours instead and she's like this is something i have to do maybe we can order pizza and you can watch me look on amazon later it's kind of the same thing and he mocks her too he goes you you're building a house yeah lorelei did did that too as well yeah and rory says like why don't you just go inside and make a whole routine out of me with my mom yeah and it's like You guys, she's just trying to do stuff for school. Like, let the girl live. Mm -hmm. But there's this element of, you don't want to really do that. You'd rather spend your day with me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his rebound rate is not so great. This last (laughs) episode, I was like, you know what? Dean's not so bad right now. Well, yeah, he he's like really working on himself. Second rebound rate, and then you are off. What's that thing in the notebook? When he says he goes, you got about a two second rebound, and then oh. you're off doing the next annoying damn thing. Or yep, totally like that. Yeah, yeah. I just ugh. it's yucky to me. Like, and it gets worse. So I'll save my my like big thoughts. For when yeah, they I have blow up. I have more thoughts too. It's yeah. just that I'm like, because this isn't even, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Titanic. Mm-hmm. Billy Zane. Titanic. Billy Zane. Titanic. Dwight Schrute. The you office. will marry me. <laughs> you will be my bride. We are at the work site with Rory and we finally get to meet the contractor who's pretty heavily involved in later seasons with the dragonfly. 
and Rory just like approaches him while he's using a saw and he's like, I could have been hurt. You could have been hurt. And she's like, sorry, I've never been on a job site before. It's, it's nice. And he's like, all right, follow me. And he says, did you bring a hammer? And she goes, yep. And she shows him the hammer from Lorelai. And he's like, why is it all dressed up? (laughs) And so she goes into this thing about Lorelai likes to dress up things and whatever. Ugly things to make them look pretty. She sounds crazy, but I promise she's not. And he's like, okay. And he gives her a hard hat and he says, listen to the words duck and run, run and do what they say. And this is where you'll be working. Here's a hard hat. Get to work. And she like has this crisis of I've never done this before. People are supposed to live here. What do you mean? Just get to work. And he's like, you'll figure it out. Just ask the person next to you if you're not sure what you're doing. She's like, okay. And the person next to her happens to be Paris, who says, this is my wall. I built this wall. What are you doing here? And Rory's like, you built this wall? And Paris goes into this whole ordeal of, I've been doing this for many years. Nobody, like Harvard doesn't care about the grades and everything. Everybody that applies to Harvard has good grades. It's all of the extracurriculars that put you over the top. And she starts listing all of this stuff that she's done and volunteered for and charities and everything. And Rory goes, when, when have you had time to have a life? And Paris says, I'll have a life when I'm done at Harvard. (laughs) And I think while Rory has a good point, I also think Rory is panicking now because she hasn't done all of those things. And it's like, what am I going to do now that sets me apart from everyone else applying to Harvard? (laughs) But... I don't know. I, all I got to say, though, is this is where we really get to see Paris's humor, mm-hmm. like what they're going to stretch her into in the future. Yeah. Yep. It is hilarious. Which is great because, honestly, <laughs> at this point in the series, like if you're first time watching it, you don't know where this is going mm-hmm. because we don't know if Paris will even be a staple in Rory's future at yeah. this point. And it's... I feel like Amy is writing Paris in a way that makes you want to keep her. Well, yeah. It's, well, definitely for the writer. Yeah. She's yeah. a fun character to write. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because she did it so well and people felt so strongly about her one way or another, mm-hmm. it was like, we need to keep her because this is this is important. So. Yeah, it's funny because she's like, I ran the study group when I was 10 years old and the youngest person in that group was 16. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, also worked in a suicide hotline. I know. And I, I'm sorry, but if I called that hotline and it was Paris that I got. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what? how do you think she would be as a suicide hotline Not great. operator? I could either see her being terrible or like really good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. she is so influenced by her own moods that I think it would really truly depend how she is feeling that day. Well, I feel like she'd be, like, really hard on the person. Yeah, like, why are you feeling this way? Like, suck it up. You got a lot to work. You got a lot to live for. 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. I could see You think her. your life is bad? And then she goes into like <laughs> Rory taking Tristan to PJ Harvey or something. Yeah. And the other person's like, uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but. Yeah, it's it's setting up this new thing where Rory is now realizing it's not just the good grades. Right, right. And that kind of causes her to spiral. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I'm surprised Paris even let her in on this tidbit. Well, I think Paris is just saying it to be like... Yeah, I've been doing all of this. Yeah. And like you probably haven't. Haven't you? Like, what do you mean? Like... Why are you so surprised that this is important or that this is something that needs to be done? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But So we leave off with Paris also yelling at Madeline Louise because they are there too. I'm sure that they're there to like fluff up their... Um, their transcripts. Yeah, their transcripts. Thank you. Brain fart. <laughs> and... Uh, as they're fluffing up their transcripts, Madeline walks by and she's like, hi. And Paris is like, Madeline. And then she runs off and that's where the scene ends. So we're left with Rory. And oh my gosh, symbolically, Rory is there to build up her transcript Aww. and she's building a house. Yeah. And it's like she's trying to build something for her future. Mm-hmm. And how ironic is it that the next scene is Dean? I want to talk about how he sits on a bench. <laughs> okay. We'll, I don't we'll want to talk about that. it. We'll cut or to I that. Do. All right. We start this scene with Dean sitting on a bench at the bus stop. But he's sitting on the back of the bench, not the f- the normal bench seating. Because he's different, Elise. Mm-hmm. He's cool. He's a cool guy. He's sexy. Yeah. That's how sexy people sit on benches. Yeah, tough guys sit on benches like that. Mm-hmm. And she gets off the bus and he starts laying into all of these plans that they have. For tonight, he's like, there's a movie at this time and we can bring your mom's big purse and put all of these snacks in it. And she's like, I can't do that tonight. I have to plan. I have to get myself organized. I am 10 years behind on extracurriculars. And he's like, that's not all going to be solved in one night. And she's like, I'm aware, but I need time to figure this out. Like Harvard is going to pick people who have good grades and the extracurriculars. That's what's going to put me over the top. I need to be doing more stuff. And there's a disconnect because Dean doesn't, he understands that she wants to get into Harvard, but he's like, it's summer. You're supposed to be like having fun and hanging out with your boyfriend and doing things that teenagers do. And she's like, that's not how I get into Harvard. I need to get into Harvard. This has been my goal the entire time. And you wanting to go see a movie or you being a child about this is not going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. And Dean kind of goes into this whole thing where he's like, well, I don't care about Harvard. Okay, Dean, we know you don't care. That's nice that you don't care about your girlfriend, her, your girlfriend's like biggest dream. 
is mm-hmm. to go to Harvard and you don't care because she won't see a stupid movie with you. Barbella's not stupid, but you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating to me because it's like, you you knew from the get-go that this was her goal. You even told her mother, if she doesn't go to Harvard, it's not going to be because of me. And here you are trying to stop her from getting these extracurriculars done so she can go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I got a lot to say. When he's introducing what they're going to do that night, and he say, I mean, it sounds like a fun night, you know, yeah. sneak some burgers into the movie theater and... There's this look on her face where it's like a realization moment. And I think that how Alexis Bladell chose this moment was very gentle. And I love that expression on her face where there was that I could see in her eyes that she was making a conscious decision that she needs to focus on Harvard because Dean's probably not. He's not endgame. He's not endgame. That's not the thing you should be focused on. And if she does, could she just end up staying here in Stars Hollow and just being with him? I know that's really fucking sad, but that's what I saw in her face at that moment. And I think we've all been with somebody at some time in our point of our life where we have that realization. And it... It does you like, and she literally has to like, it stops her in her tracks. And she's like, I can't, I can't hang out with you tonight. So what I have to say about this is his reaction is very much like when she said, when she didn't say, I love you back. Yeah. It's like freaking out. Mm -hmm. It's a panic. Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't want to do what I want to do. It's, you know, summer and Harvard. I don't care about Harvard. Yeah. It's so immature. And it's like, she's actually doing something really cool. Like, even if it's self-purposed, initiated to do charity work or um, volunteer work, anything like that, that's still like a really awesome thing to do mm-hmm. so why doesn't he say hey why can't why don't i join you and volunteer with you yeah if you love her you like can't you love her so much you can't you know have a night away from her freaking get a shovel yeah get a get a hammer and, and nail I think- something <laughs> yeah. that's not how i meant it no i know i know I, I agree. I do think that he's so focused on having her and this is their time. But it's like she this is something that she's been working towards her entire life. And you're just going to take it away. Yeah, because she's not spending time with you. So you're going to guilt her into spending time with you and freak out. Yeah, it's not a good look. And it totally goes with hand in hand with what Richard said in the last episode. Where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not 
you don't have the same level of drive. You're you're going to go to a what? A state school or a community college or whatever. And those are not bad things. Mm-hmm. Like I want to reiterate, like we went to community college, I went to a state college. Those are not bad things. My one of my favorite shows is Community. I identify with that aspect of being more of an underdog. So, yes, I I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad thing either. No. And I think this just isn't a part of what Dean finds important. Yeah. And this is where you're right. We get to see some hesitation in her because it is, it kind of reminds me of the hesitation in Lorelai's face when Max suggests going on a date again, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is something that's going to change our relationship i just haven't figured out how yet mm-hmm. and it's hard she's, uh, yeah i want yeah keep on going no i just she's outgrowing him mm-hmm. and i think it becomes more and more apparent yeah and i wonder how much richard actually did have an influence then on this because mm-hmm. we've it's just a second episode and they're already back to fighting yeah. And the last thing was that whole blowout in the last episode with Richard. Right. We haven't seen the two of them really talk about it either. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's probably some resentment there that needs to be figured out. Overall, I just think Dean doesn't under- understand the importance of Harvard or what what that looks like. Like, trying to get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. Because he said himself, like, he gets A's, B's, C's, whatever. School is not... He's, like, an average student. Mm-hmm. And an average student... That would be like me saying I was going to go to Harvard. I had a good GPA. But Harvard was not in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But he... His parents... He comes from a different background. Well, I think he's just a te- like He's very much just a teenage boy. Yeah. You know, like that type. Yeah. Well, and it's... <laughs> of Teenage Boy. Yeah. I want to go to a I movie and... You, yeah. When we meet Jess, he's not really driven either. Mm-mm. So it's... Maybe it's just... I don't want to make yeah. generalized speculations, but it it's just interesting that she falls for these men that aren't picking things themselves mm-hmm. even logan he's only driven because his father has to light a fire under him to get him to do anything mm-hmm. i don't know it's just an interesting choice yeah i i think that there is something to be said that i think richard had more of an effect on her he planted a seed yep yep i agree i agree and i think too with rory I think there's a lot of undiscovered pressure on her to do everything that Lorelai couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And whether she realizes that or not, she's like, my grandparents are living through me because their daughter didn't do these things. So as their granddaughter... And as a daughter, these are the things I need to accomplish because of all of the things they sacrificed or they went through for me. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's maybe where it stems from more so than just the surface of, I want to get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. But. I think, too, it's just relatable when you have a goal and it's easy to get off track. Yeah. And she's probably feeling really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And she kind of took it out on Dean. Not took it out, but... But he was there. He was easy... The easiest thing for her to eliminate. Yeah. For that. Yeah. I agree completely. And I think he made it easy for her, too. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it ends with them totally going separate ways at the... um, Gazebo. Gazebo. Yeah. Which I think is a, a very interesting to- a, a very interesting choice directionally because mm-hmm. we know the gazebo from like the Founders Day episode is very much a a symbol of love in That's Stars where, Hollow. Isn't that where the two lovers yeah. met? And so them using the gazebo as a breaking off point for them to separate is very symbolic Mm -hmm. and going opposite directions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and pulling away far enough for us to see how far they go off separately. There's no turning around. They just go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's okay. And not because I don't like Dean as a character. It has nothing to do with that. I just think Rory knows what's important to her. And if Harvard is her endgame goal, that's where her focus should be. Yep. And, like, you can have a boyfriend and have goals or a girlfriend and have goals. Yeah. But there has to be a healthy balance. Yes. And ideally, it would be pretty nice if the other person supported that. Yeah. So... I think they're too young to be at that level of support. Well, yeah. I mean, he can't even figure out how to sit on a bench correctly. So. (laughs) That's the real issue here. (laughs) We are now sitting with Rory at the table and she has like an an insane amount of papers, newspapers. Brochures, maybe. Yeah, everything trying to find volunteer opportunities, trying to bulk up her transcript. And Lorelai comes in to check on her, and she goes into this whole spiel about how Lorelai never took her camping, so she's not equipped to be a Firefly leader. She can't volunteer at the library because they only have 12 books, and she doesn't think that's an option. The old home, the senior home, doesn't need anything. And they go into this like back and forth and finally she's like why don't you Rory or Lorelai says why don't you put this away and give Dean a call and then she tells Lorelai that she and Dean had a fight for this reason and she says maybe you should reconsider and give him a call she's also very willing to cancel her plans with Max to spend time with Rory which I think is interesting. I'm not sure if I'm like reading into that too much because I know what's going to happen or if it's uh, I'm just, I want to support my daughter because she's having a hard time. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that. Yeah. I think that she's just kind of a good mom that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's a type that would be like, yeah, I don't want to hang out with you. Right. Because I'd rather go on a date. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's... She wants to help Rory through this because she knows it's important to her. But at the same time, Lorelai says, you can't figure this all out in one night. And Rory tells her she needs to just focus on it and come up with a a plan. Mm -hmm. And she kind of leaves it at that. And I think that's okay. I don't... I don't think she wants her mom's help. I think she needs to figure this out for herself because I think she knows her mom is going to maybe take sides with Dean and say, like, you can't do it all right now. You can't make up for 10 years in one day or Mm -hmm. in one week or whatever. And, you know, give yourself time to have a life, too. And maybe Rory's like, I just don't want to hear that right now. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't want to hear that either. I think she, yeah, she's used to, this is what she did when she had to get caught up with Chilton. Yeah. She had to cram study. Yep. And that worked for that situation, but this is very different. Right. You can't, that's not going to work for every situation. Not that she's like that, um, but it's just a different situation where it. Yeah, it's not like studying for a test. Yeah. This is like physical work that you would have to do yeah, and, and make up for. And... Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot to catch up on and impossible to catch up on. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention too, or we wanted to mention too, that in this scene with Dean and Rory, Rory um, uses the word retarded and says that she wants to find a retarded kid and teach them how to play football or basketball and softball softball and we just wanted to we've done it for other words and we just want to say this is not something um we would use personally or i think we both gasped we did yeah and i watched it last night too and i went yeah it's just not a word that is used in society today and i do encourage you if you do use that word to maybe find something else Mm -hmm. or to definitely find something else because it's not politically correct yeah well it was when i was younger and this time yeah this was was just a word that we used to say like stupid or you know dumb or whatever yeah and it was used all the time, actually. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that um, Bryn, my husband, and I are very firm on because he had an aunt that was disabled. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, that word is something that his grandmother fought so hard against. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel very passionately about that. And I just want to be clear that that's not something that we are supportive of. We will not be using that word. In fact, from here on out, if you hear the word, it's going to be the R word. Mm-hmm. I don't think it comes up again from what I remember. But if it does, from here on out, it will be the R word. Mm-hmm. And we will not condone the use of the word. Um, but like we've said in other podcast episodes, we want to be very aware that as much as we love the show, it is not perfect. There are many things in the show that are of its time. That does not mean it's okay, even in that time, to use that phrase or that word or whatever we happen to be discussing. But it is important to bring light to that situation and recognize that 
that is not a representation of what we love of the show. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's it's not cool. No. It's no. really sad. I know. That it was ever a thing, to I be agree. honest. I agree. So that's our soapbox moment for yeah. this episode. We're actually ending the show here. Yeah. It's our last episode. <laughs> Just that's kidding. it. We're done. <laughs> I've had enough. I don't know how to start this because a part of me wants to say, every time I see Max's face, I just want to punch. <laughs> <laughs> but Max and Lorelai are on their date and there's a lot going on with Rory trying to find extracurriculars for Harvard. And Max, Max says that he can help her with that and that's not a problem. And he asks, is there something else going on? And she's like, no, everything's okay. And it's just stuff with the wedding. And then Max says, oh, well, I met with my parents today and they were so excited. And my mom said, you can call her mom. And she offered you her wedding dress. And she, and my dad pulled me aside and talked to me about the importance of marriage and making your wife happy and all of these things. And then he shows that they wrote a check for $35. It's like the first of four installments. To help with the wedding cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, no, we're doing all of this on our own. And the wedding is going to be at their house. And Suki's making the cake and all this stuff. And she goes into kind of this ordeal of, it makes me feel sad or bad that, you have parents that are loving and supportive and I just have parents. And Max like, well, look at it this way. They're, they're now kind of like your parents. And I, I get what he's trying to do, but that does not fix her feelings about the situation. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's just like slapping a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... That he gave her an opportunity to talk about what was bothering her. Mm -hmm. Although it was weird because she wasn't very bothered about anything when she was with Rory. Right. But then, you know, when she left, she said she was kind of tired or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was the only indication that there was anything going on with her at that moment when she was with Rory, you know. Right. And when she said to... She would stay home if she needed her to. Mm-hmm. So that kind of reinforces maybe she didn't want to go to this dinner because she seemed like in anxiety mode. Yeah. And he gave her the opportunity to say, is there anything else going on? Or she, she could be like, yeah, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, I'm. it's kind of implied that he already knew that, though. Yeah. Her reaction, her yeah, mother's he just reaction. Says their relationship seems to carry a lot of baggage. So he just summed it up in a pretty basic package. Yeah, but I don't like that he's just like, just forget about it. It's yeah. not a big deal. You can have my parents. And it's like, that does not fix the problem. The problem is your fiance wants her parents to be excited and happy for her. So what do we do to fix that? Mm-hmm. Well, that we're we're getting into, he's like, well, you guys have a lot of baggage, but 
okay, you can see that she's pretty upset right now about it. So this is going to be like a constant thing in your marriage. Yep. So this isn't going to be the last time you hear this from her. Nope. So you can't just be like blasé because your relationship with your parents is great and you don't really want to hear about her baggage. Right. Not that he's saying that he doesn't want to hear about it, but his advice seems very removed. It is removed. Like, as I think of Luke, yeah, like he would be like, you know, even if the advice is kind of morbid, (laughs) like on the dark side, at least he has like... And an involvement. Like, he seems actively engaged in in it more. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. but I agree. It's just, Max, I feel like, is very black and white. Where with Luke, there's more of a spectrum of things. Because he knows Lorelai on a different level. Yeah. And Max doesn't. They Mm. haven't known each other that long. Three months. And for him to just say, yeah, you have a lot of baggage, it's like, it's more than that. It's more than baggage. It, to me, that just sounds really rude, too. Yeah, it does. It sounds like you're just brushing it off. Like, oh, it's just baggage. Yeah, it's your baggage. Yeah. And it's like, this is baggage that she carries with her every single day. Mm-hmm. This happens monthly. Yeah. Are you ready for that? I don't, yeah. I mean, her reaction seems like... What does she say when he's talking to her about? She's like, can we get dessert? Yeah. And she's very curt. And she's actually acting like Emily in this moment. Yeah, she is. Because she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like she barely even. And then, yeah, we in the car ride, we will see that it's the same kind of thing as Emily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How Emily didn't want to talk to Lorelai at dinner. Right. Yeah. We are in the car with Lorelai and Max. Not really sure where they're going quite yet at this point, but Max is talking about how maybe he can help fix the situation and he can be a buffer and things will work out once we're married. Like still putting pressure on the idea that them getting married is going to fix everything in their lives. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai is being very curt with him, like, take her right here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't even think she's really listening to what he's saying. I think she's just seeing red at this moment. Mm -hmm. And finally, she says, turn in here. And they are at her parents' house. And he's like, I think I know what you're doing. And maybe we should just wait until tomorrow. Like, give yourself some time, whatever. And she rings the doorbell a million times. Emily comes to the door And she's like, what's going on? And Lorelai comes right in and basically lets her have it. Says she's confused. She doesn't know why her mom can never be happy for her and goes on and on and on. And it ends with her being like, do you know how that feels, mom? Do you know how it feels to not have you be excited for me? And Emily snaps back with, it probably feels the same way that I felt when a complete stranger told me that my one and only daughter was getting married. And Lorelai really had nothing to say after that. Mm-hmm. And she kind of storms out when Emily opens the door for them to leave. And you can she's wiping away tears as she's walking out the door. And Max opens his dumb mouth. And he's like, my parents would really love to meet you and Mr. Gilmore for lunch. 
Also, it's really nice meeting you. And that's where the scene ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of me is like, Max, why did you open your mouth at all? Just leave. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, Emily didn't even respond to him. No, she just stared at him like, are you talking to me? Yeah. Well, A, that was embarrassing. I think that when they first got there, uh, Emily kind of like looks over at Max and she's like, "Um, we were just about to go to bed. Can we do this later? Yeah. She didn't want this to happen in front of him. No. Even though she's still mad at Lorelai. She wants to make a good impression. She wants to make a good impression. And I also think she's worried about the impression that this gives him of Lorelai. Oh, yeah. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. She, like, (laughs) fully cannot control how she is feeling. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, she's, like, really dramatic and yelling at her mom. To the point where Emily's like, are you drunk? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm just confused. Well, you're acting psychotic. I mean, she is. It's not, okay, so. It's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look. I understand why she, she feels doing this it. way. Me too. But it's like, let's save this for when we're all more level-headed. Yep, level-headed. And if it's not going to be level-headed, do it in private, just the two of you. Yeah. Don't make him watch. Yeah, it's not a good look. Whenever I've ever been in an argument, I don't like to argue in front of other people. No, me neither. But it's just... Yeah, it's not good. I don't know. bad. If I was Max, I would have doubts at that moment because I'd be like, man, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if we get in a fight, I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be a yelling match. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I get it. I, I get that she's upset. I get it. I get it. I think it's also very interesting at this point that she brings up the fact that she can't keep a maid. Yeah. Like, I, in all 36 years, you've never been able to keep a maid. Why is that, Mom? Mm -hmm. And just talking about how she's so hard on these maids. And, you know, what is it that makes it so hard for you? And just, like, finding these little ways to, like, attack Emily. And I'm curious as to what your theory is on that. About the maids. The maids. Well, before I get into that, because I'm not necessarily sure what my theory is, but I want to bring up that I think it's interesting that she, that Lorelai did bring this up. Yeah. Because, I mean, she had to go into it's almost like she identifies more as the maid yeah. herself yep and she's saying to her like why can't you keep a maid around here um because you're hard on the people you think are beneath you mm-hmm. and yeah, she says they're you're like, never satisfied you're never satisfied they're leaving like third world countries And coming here to be your maid. And you, she has like no sympathy for them. And it's just like, if you can't do the job, then go. 
And it's like, is that implying that Lorelai couldn't do the job of being your daughter? And so she had to go. You weren't a good enough daughter. Yep. Yeah. Not on my standard. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's an interesting comparison. And it, it's not unintentional either. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it is not intentional. I don't know what my theory is on the maid. I think yeah. that without just being like Emily's kind of an asshole to people she thinks are not as to people who don't I okay I used to know somebody and they were really really rude to fast food workers I hate that I know and it's like they didn't identify them as people you know they'd make comments like oh you can't make you can't get an order right this is like an easy job. You must oh be an idiot. God. You know, and I couldn't stand that. That's and horrible. I, and I feel like there is an error to that mm-hmm. of not identifying a person as a person. And they've never had to do that job themselves. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Th- what is your theory? I think it's the same thing. I think it's, it's showing that it's hard for her to keep like a steady, stable relationship. And I think it shows that it's easier for her to let go of things when they're hard than to face it head on and try to fix what could be mended. Mm -hmm. If a maid isn't doing their job, then just tell them how they can do it better instead of firing them every single time. And I think it's hard for her because when things got hard with Lorelai, Lorelai left. Mm -hmm. So they, and they still haven't dealt with all of those issues. So it's almost like she leaves and now you are in this endless cycle of every time things get hard, I'm just going to dip because it's easier or I'm just going to fire the maid because I'll figure it out. You couldn't fire your daughter. She's still in the picture, Mm -hmm. but you can't push her away just because you want to, you know, Mm -hmm. it just feels different, but that's where I think that kind of goes. But so it ends with Max saying he really wants them to go out to dinner with his parents. He opens his big fat mouth and he says, it was really nice to meet you. And then he leaves. And man, if I was Emily, I'd be like, this guy is a dope. (laughs) (laughs) She is. Yeah, she is. (laughs) We are at the Independence Inn with Michelle and Suki. And Suki is trying to get Michelle to taste these two different cookies to decide which one is better. And he basically goes into this whole thing about how I can't have a cookie. I can only have 1,500 calories a day. And if I eat that cookie, then I can't have my Boca burger later. (laughs) And Lorelai comes to the inn and she asks Suki if there's any coffee And Suki says, no, I haven't made any yet, but I'll get you some. I want to make it. Making it's my thing. I'll make it for you. And Lorelai doesn't let her into the kitchen. But then Lorelai kind of pushes past her. And then we see the whole kitchen is decked out in pink cookies and cakes and all of these different things. There's like heart-shaped cakes that say Lorelai and Max on them. And 
It's revealed to Lorelai that they're having a big engagement party for her in Stars Hollow. Suki says, you wouldn't believe all of the people that are so excited to celebrate you and Max. And that's when Lorelai puts together her mom, her mom's blowout last night. And she's like, did you happen to call my parents? And Suki says, yeah, but they didn't call me back to let me know if they were going or not. And Suki's like, okay, um, well, that's fine. And Lorelai's like, yeah, I think they have a thing tonight, so it's not a big deal. She doesn't really tell Suki that she hadn't told her parents yet because I don't think she wants Suki to feel bad. Yeah. And I think that's fine because it's like, like... Yeah, Suki caught her hesitation, like, in her face. Mm-hmm. Because Lorelai had, like, this, like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I understand. Yeah, so, like, Suki saw that. So she had an opportunity to tell Suki. And she didn't. I think that's okay. I mean, she sees how much effort Suki is putting into this yeah, party. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't. I wouldn't no, same. I wouldn't have told anything to her. Same. So they talk about this party and how exciting it's going to be. And I think it's just like a nice moment because Lorelai sees that even though her mother is not excited, her chosen family is excited. The whole town is excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. We are at the big party and there is like, the town square is totally transformed with beautiful tablecloths and tables of food and Kirk running around being like the the day of coordinator for the event and making sure everything goes smoothly. And Miss Patty has the little girls dressed in wedding dresses doing a dance in the gazebo and all of these things are happening. Max and Lorelai are sitting in these big throne chairs opening presents and max says almost all of these gifts are for you he's like holding a hello kitty waffle maker (laughs) yeah and she's like well yeah i am kind of the queen around here and you are my jester i'm just gonna let that marinate with all of you for a second because we know where her king is yeah so interesting right and She's taking, like, the whole party in. Rory goes over to Lane, who's doing the music, and Lane says that she's leaving at 10, and she says she will be back from Korea in time for the wedding, as long as Lorelai does not change the date. Okay, great. She's leaving at 10. She's going to Korea. And that's kind of where that ends. She crosses over, Rory crosses over the town square and finds Kirk, who is watching the little brides dance. And she's like, I, I, why aren't you up there, Kirk? And he says, oh, I gave up tap dancing. And then he says he's really upset that they didn't test the gazebo's like strength to hold all of these little girls dancing. And she's like, no, it's pretty structurally sound. And, like, goes into her explanation because now she's an expert after having built a house. And after that conversation is over, Dean shows up. And he says, how are you? And she says, I'm fine. And she goes, how are you? He says, I'm an idiot. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it starts this discussion of him admitting that he was jealous of Harvard and he understands that it's important to her and he doesn't want her to think that he's mad at her for prioritizing Harvard or any of these things. And she goes into this thing of saying that he could go to a big school like that too. And it's like, Rory, who are you kidding? He doesn't have the grades to go to a school like that. But she's like, we can work on your extracurriculars. Like, I'm really good at doing that now. And we'll get it all taken care of. You don't have to worry about it at all. And it's like, is this your way of trying to say, if you go to school with me, we can stay together? Because I'm wondering if this has now planted the seed of, when I go to Harvard, do we break up? Mm -hmm. because she says it's getting closer and closer. She has so much to do to make sure that she gets in. This has been her goal her whole life. And it's like in, you know, she gets tunnel vision and she can see the end of the tunnel now. Yeah. I think in this moment, she's more like thinking, let's get you into a good school too. Right. And I don't know if it's necessarily to stay together. It's just to help him understand. understand. Yeah. Like, sure. Have a goal. Yeah. Um, but he even says, like, it's summer. Yeah. And my goal is to relax and see my girlfriend and do fun things. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's where his interests lie right now Mm -hmm. and that's understandable he's like 16 17 i mean i don't blame him for wanting to have fun in the summer i do (coughs) okay well that's okay i'd be like you want to have some fun dean i made a list of benches you can sit in the back of (laughs) Yeah, go around town and rate all of the benches by which ones are the best to sit on the back of. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, they make up and they kiss. Everything is fixed. Again, hooray. It's so easy. We cut to Max and Lorelai sitting at their thrones and she seems a little out of sorts. And she keeps looking over, and it shows that she's looking at Luke's diner. Mm -hmm. And he's like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I just, I need to go take care of something. And she gets up and goes to Luke's. Because he's not there. Yep. And And she noticed. Mm, Of course she did. Yep. Yeah. Because you notice when... Mm -hmm. The person you like is around or isn't around. Right. Yeah. And And like that that should be the further thing, like the furthest thing from her mind right now. Yeah. I agree. It's the middle of her engagement party. And she's looking for Luke. We are with Lorelai at Luke Steiner and she comes in and he's working on pouring ketchup into ketchup bottles. He doesn't know the trick. No. What's the trick? You don't know that? You have like a stuck 
if the, the ketchup doesn't come out of the ketchup, ketchup bottle. You stick the knife in yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, That's I a, didn't realize that was like a trick. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's better than setting the bottle on top of another bottle and watching it slowly pour into the other one. Well, he probably did it that way so he didn't have to go to the yeah. party. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it. it's a really big night for me and it feels like you should be there. And it's like, it feels like he should be there because he should be the one that you're marrying. Yeah, he's... If you are sitting at your engagement party wishing another man was there, it's because you would rather be with that man. Yeah. And uh, the look on his face is him agreeing. Like, Mm -hmm. it does feel like he should be there, but he knows that he should be the one with her. Yep. And out of anyone, if they were going to get married after three months of dating, it would be Luke because they've known each other for years. That's the only way it's okay in my book. Yep. And even then, that's not a good idea. But whatever. Not yeah. going to get into that too, mar- too much. But Yeah. Nope. I think this scene is very telling. It's very telling of Lorelai's feelings. And it's very telling of Luke not wanting to watch this happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him for not being there. Like, people will be like, he should have put his own feelings aside to be there. And part of me is like, that's not... That's not who he is. Yeah. If he shows up there, I think it wouldn't be good. What would it turn into, like, him and Max fighting like he and Dean did? Or him and Christopher later on? Because it's not... He knows that he can't be present there and be supportive in the way he needs to be. Well, yeah, that would be... That would suck. Yeah. Like, the person you think is your person and you vibe with and they vibe with you and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're getting married to somebody else yeah that I wouldn't want to go there either Mm -hmm. if I was him honestly I don't know what the deal is with her and her going there saying I'd really like for you to be there for me Mm -hmm. like what what is what kind of sick reassurance do you need from him being there? I mean, I think it already says a lot um, that he isn't there. Yeah, yeah. That's basically him saying because I no have a problem one. with this. There's no one in the restaurant. Everybody's at this engagement party except right. for him. Except for and him. he sees her every day. Yeah, that is basically wearing a a sign that says I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there because I want to be with you and And you're marrying somebody else. And everyone in the town knows that. (laughs) And they know that he's not there for that reason. He's so dramatic. I know. I love him. I I love him. It's so petty, but it's so true. He knows this is a bad idea and he doesn't want to pretend. He's not good at pretending. He's not good at putting up a front that this is you know, okay, or he's okay with all of this happening. He is not okay. Anytime it's come up, he's brought up issues like the whole, do you know his last name? Are you going to move there? Are you going to live here? Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, of course your parents aren't going to be for it because weddings are never about you. It's about everybody else. And he doesn't have anything positive to say about marriage Mm -hmm. or weddings or Lorelai being married. He does congratulate her, but it feels very forced mm-hmm. and painful, honestly. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, it's amazing to me that he can't, it's amazing to me that she can't accept that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's confusing. She's sending sort of um, mixed signal. Mm-hmm. And she's also, I would beg to say, I don't know why I beg to say it, but. I would even kind of go to the point of this is emotional cheating. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, And I know people have mixed feelings on that, but it is. mm -hmm. She wants him there. And I don't think Max wants him there. Max doesn't even ask where he is. No. And I don't think he would be very happy that she went in there. No. And left him. It wasn't At even, their she, engagement She literally party. left him. Yeah. To go get Luke. Yep. She was actually gazing off into his diner. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and if he didn't notice that, I'd be like, why are you staring into that man's diner? Well, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know why Luke... I'm trying to figure out why can't he just, like, he's not going to say it. What is, is he scared of her reaction, do you think? It's just mostly he's scared that she'll say, oh, Luke, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. He doesn't know, want like, pity. I think you're a great friend. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. He has too much pride. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, this kind of starts that cycle of. Will they, won't they? Well, they won't now because she's getting married. But it, it, I still feel like she's looking at him for an out. Oh, totally. And like we talked a little bit about it in the last episode where she's like, is she waiting for him to say like, I don't think this is a good idea or I love you. So why don't you pick me Mm -hmm. and do that whole like pick me, choose me crap from Grey's Anatomy but it's like that's not the kind of show this is and Luke is not that kind of person like he's not going to step on somebody's toes and he's not going to do something that would you know Mm -hmm. hurt Lorelai so I don't think that it's realistic for him I I think she's yeah I think she's looking for an out possibly yeah I think she also like wants to make sure he's still in her life yeah, she doesn't want to let go of him still. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not a good look, people. It's not a good look. It's... No, I mean, don't... Well, A, if I had a friend and it was Luke Danes, I'd be like, you're not friends with a type of man like Luke Danes. <laughs> no, like, you're oh not. God. You're not. Somebody that is that hard to get to know and to understand... You, if you truly know them, you don't let go of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, that's the point. She doesn't want to let go of him because he is important to her no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We could go on and on about this because we feel very strongly about Luke versus mm-hmm. Max. 
but let's finish out the episode and then we can kind of sum up things. We are back at the party and everyone's slow dancing together and happy. Rory and Dean are sitting on a bench together and she waves as Lane leaves in their big station wagon with her human-sized suitcase strapped to the roof. (laughs) It cuts to Kirk dancing with Miss Patty and it's so weird because they have like this weird moment where she looks at him like she wants to say something (laughs) and then she doesn't because he's just looking like straight ahead, totally uninvested in what's happening. And then it cuts to Max and Lorelai dancing and he gives her a kiss on the cheek and when they turn around and she's facing the camera, we see Luke walk up. And he, like, waves at her, and she waves at him, and she does this, like, little smile thing where you can tell she's really happy that he's there. And Max can't see that he's there, and they stay dancing that way. So she's watching Luke while she's dancing with Max. Luke sits down on this bench, and I'm sure is like, I really wish I didn't come to this. (laughs) And he's sitting down next to three of the little girls in their dresses. And this is one of my favorite moments of, I think, the entire series. Mm -hmm. Where he looks over at them and they're looking at him and he's like, okay, yep, this is, I have to get used to this now. And it's really like a beautiful moment, but it's also very tragic mm-hmm. um and it makes me like really feel for luke and understand like it's hard i understand that feeling of wanting something an unre- unrequited love yeah 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 and in this case it's it's tricky because well, I guess I think a lot of people have been in the situation where the other person seems like they're into you, though. Yeah. And yep. then, yeah. And you're, like, left with, like, your hands are empty. Yeah. And their yeah. hands are full of someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it's hard. I just want to tell him, like, run. Don't do it, man. Don't put yourself into that situation. Yeah. Like he said, the, um, the last episode... With the whole toolbox thing. And he says, I'll always be there. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. It yeah. doesn't matter what time. I'll always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he... I mean, she's not married yet. So maybe this is him showing up to be like, look, I'm, I'm a man of my word. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to see this out. Yep. Although I don't think he's the type that would, like... I don't think cheat. she's wishing, like, no. He would want her to cheat on him. or No, I think he's just making it known that his presence is going to still be there. He's still going to be an active part of her life no matter what the outcome is of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's him just like showing his silent support. Yeah. Yeah. After this scene, we go to the Gilmore residence and Emily is sitting there writing a letter and the doorbell rings. The maid answers the door. Lorelai walks in and she has two veils and she goes into this whole thing about how she went to this bridal shop over on Willow because Elizabeth Taylor got a wedding dress there and she can't decide which veil to pick and she wanted her mom's opinion. This is Lorelai apologizing. 
Like, she doesn't, like, outright say, I'm sorry, but this is her asking her mother's opinion because that's easier than asking, you know, or giving an apology. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, Mom, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we don't have great communication. And it's really hard for me to tell you happy things because I'm afraid that you'll make me feel bad about it. And I don't want to tell you bad things because I'm afraid you'll say I told you so. And I can understand that. There is like when something happy happens for you, there are certain people where you're like, I can't tell them because I know they're going to have reservations about it. But she is like, all right, well, I guess I'll just let you get back to the letter because Emily really hasn't said anything. And then Emily turns and she says, your head is much too big for a veil. You should really consider something like a tiara. And Lorelai is like, a, a tiara? And she's like, that's what I wore. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how Emily says, that's what I wore. It was so soft. And it was because Emily doesn't really say anything um, in terms of being nice or encouraging, really. Right. Right. But the way she said, that's what I wore, was her way of communicating a softness. A forgiveness. Yep. And an apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And saying, you know, yeah, I'll help you with this wedding. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like how Max said, you can wear my mom's wedding dress. Yeah. But, you know... I told my mom you were wearing your mom's wedding dress, and that's not actually what happened. You know, he said yeah. that he made that up or whatever, but yeah, it's almost kind of like that mm-hmm. hand-me-down, which if you're going to hand something down um, from your own wedding to your daughter's, not that this is physically her physically handing anything down, but an idea because I wore a tiara, you should wear a tiara. Yeah. It's kind of like an approval. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I think that's, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And usually that moment doesn't really get to me, but for some reason this time it really did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because I went through all of that like a year ago trying to figure stuff out and you know, wanting parts of my grandma at my wedding, even though she had passed away or, you know, like finding elements of incorporating my mother and my grandmother into who I am that day. Yeah. And it is like a very sentimental day and feeling. And it's something that you honestly remember for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I think... The fact that Lorelai is extending an olive branch in this way is very sweet and very kind to her mother. Well, it was nice to see them communicate healthy. Yeah. Well, Lorelai. Yes. I don't think that Emily... No. (laughs) ...participated in this because Lorelai was like, you know what, you and I, we don't know how to communicate, as you know, probably know, Um, and I'm probably part of that problem. Yeah. And I love that. I love when someone takes accountability. Like yep. there it takes to take two to tango. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. 
But not going too heavy into it. Just right. being like, you know what? I'm aware that this is a problem. It's something we need to work on. Yep. And I do want to work on this with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, congratulations. This is the most healthy I've ever seen Lorelai be with her mother. I know. Emily didn't get there. I think when she turns her face away to look away. That's, when, yeah. And she's trying to stop for herself from crying. Yeah. Because she's one of those tough people who doesn't want to show their emotions. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to reveal her cards. Yep. It's a weakness to her. Yep. So. Yeah. I think Lorelai knows that, though. I do, too. I do, too. And I think it's it's time for them to mend some part of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where our episode ends. Very, like, touching sweet moment between a mother and a daughter mm-hmm. just the gilmore girls just the gilmore. we call this town meeting to order for our town meeting today let's start with our pop culture references we had 29 references for this episode and we will post that video on tiktok sometime once this podcast is posted And we strongly encourage you to interact with our TikTok because we're going to try some new things. And I think it'd be it's going to be a little bit more heavily Elise and I involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll see a little bit more of us in some capacity. And you're learning TikTok now. I'm learning. You made your first one. I did. I made the um, the toolbox scene. One, because I was like, this is one of my favorite scenes. And that look in her eyes just says everything. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a Swifty song because it just felt right, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, that was my first attempt at a TikTok. And it was fun, but really hard. And Elise basically had to tell me what to do. (laughs) I felt like I was like a madman texting you. You were, and it was great. I was like, I was like, I need to figure this out. I need to get like this idea out of my head. And you were able to help me kind of like figure it out. But yeah, so we're trying that. Um, For this town hall... I found a question on Reddit that I thought was really interesting, um, and I'm not sure how I will answer it, but <laughs> I, I wanted to ask Elise. Um, so the question is, if you could have a piece of memorabilia from Gilmore Girls, what would it be and why? Um, Luke's broken belt. No, just kidding. <laughs> right? Probably like Luke's blue hat. Yeah. Okay. Or like his green jacket. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's anything else Hmm. at the girl's house that I like love. Yeah. I mean, I love that dollhouse too. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a really cool dollhouse. I do love that dollhouse. Yeah, I think it'd be. I love the dollhouse, but honestly, my first, my, like, immediate thought was the blue hat. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, a coffee cup or something. Or his no cell phone sign. Like, yeah, little cool. things, you know, like, yeah. little things like that, that, like, harbor 
memories or whatever. Yeah, if for some reason I'm, you know, this show is about the women and we're here for the women, but I choose, like, something from Luke's. But they just are so... I just think of them at that diner. Yeah. And... Well, think about how many big things happen at the diner. Yeah. You know? That's, like, where all of it comes to be. hmm And I think anything from the diner is a good representation of the show, mm-hmm. of itself, for sure. Yeah, I think that's... Because I can't think of anything really in... I love Lorelai's house, but... I wouldn't want, like, the monkey lamp. No, no. Or yeah. the clown pillow that Ew. you sometimes see. Yeah, gross. I wouldn't want that You either. wouldn't want the fuzzy clock? The fuzzy clock would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I think the blue hat is mm-hmm. really where I would go. And I think I also like it because it's kind of a deep cut item. Yep. Where, like, a real fan is going to know the blue hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder who has the blue hat. I, w- I wonder if... Scott with, Patterson? Yeah. I if, don't know. I'll have to look that up. I'll look into that. Or if you're listening, because... <laughs> yeah. Listeners, Messages. you may know. That would be great if you no, did. What if he's listening to us? Scott Patterson, uh-huh. did you keep the hat? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't yeah. actually really think that you're that attractive. <laughs> Just, what? You can edit that out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that was, I think that was a good, a good solid way to end the episode. Yeah. So next week we will tackle season two, episode three, Red Light on Wedding Night. This is the bachelorette party. Mm. And there is a lot. I to... like this episode. I do too. Mm-hmm. Coming up. There is a lot. Um, and then for episode four, just a little teaser. We do have a special guest coming for episode four. Um, she's a good friend of ours, Mary. And she said this was one of her favorite episodes. So. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. So lots to look forward to with us. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. We'd love to have you listen every single week. Um, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram as underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. We will have lists and playlists ready to go for season two. I'm fingers crossed by next week. And yeah, that's all we have for you today. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.